Oh, guns up, Wolfpack. It's Halloween. It's True Crime Tuesday. We've got all the mystery, murder, and mayhem for you right here on Failure Stop, the number one podcast where we entertain and inform first responders. It's Halloween. It's True Crime Tuesday. Let's do it. The growing calls across the nation. Oh, giddy up, Wolfpack. It's True Crime Tuesday. I'm John. I'm joined by Kendra or Officer Randy. Officer Randy, how are you doing this evening? Fucking stoked. I'm ready for the shit. Yeah. Uh, This is Officer Randy. This is a uh, police officer who uh, just is his own thing. Can't be explained. You'll just have to figure him out as you go. I'm I'm John, but I'm also uh, cigarette smoking Jay Cutler. That's right. I'm appearing as a, uh, a 2012 meme about Jay Cutler, the Chicago Bears quarterback who does not give a fuck about anything. It's a very easy costume to pull off. I have my discount Jay Cutler jersey here and my cigarettes, which I purchased over a year ago. <laughs> which I will not be lighting because I actually don't smoke despite despite almost a year of trying to convince people I did. Kendra, happy Halloween. How, how are you doing? How have you been in the past week? Happy Halloween, John, and not Jay Cutler. Um, I've been good. I've been traveling a lot. I drove 15 hours to Pennsylvania to be in a wedding. Nice. And yeah, hol- holy matrimony. There's nothing scarier than that. I know. It was beautiful. I cried. I ran in the corn. I fell down. It was great. It's a good time. You, you ran in the corn was... Was the wedding yeah. Halloween themed? I imagine <laughs> it was. Uh, I've, I've talked to Victoria before. So uh, first of all, congratulations to Victoria and unnamed man whom she married. Uh, congratulations to you. But you uh, you all seem like uh, big Halloween people. Yeah, it was like a rustic goth vibe. It was at an old barn. There's a farm with donkeys and stuff. It was really cool. So good donkeys, time. that's most spooky farm animal there is. <laughs> Is it trying, trying to dress up your life as spooky? First, first time I <laughs> met you or saw you on True Crime, I figured you'd be a big Halloween buff, and it was something we could bond over. So, uh, we're doing that now. And so, as we move okay. into the Thanksgiving season starting tomorrow, we'll have less and less in common each day as we go. Uh, but we still have our divorce to talk about, and that was a painful and scary thing, which persists to this day. For this episode of True Crime Tuesday, we're going to break down uh, what's what the hell's going on at McCamey Manor. It's, it's not the same thing as a normal true crime case that normally has cops in it and judges and some kind of outcome or something. It's just this fucked up shit that's going on down in Tennessee in Huntsville. Uh, it goes on, I guess, every week. Uh, there's a lot of true crime podcasts out there that have had a lot to say about this uh, McCamey Manor. Uh, one thing that Officer Randy and I like to do on this podcast, and it's the thing that makes us better than other true crime podcasts, is that Officer Randy, who in another life is also called former Officer Kendra, she's a former police officer. She knows her shit. I'm a, I'm a former correctional officer. I'm a current 911 dispatcher. So 
I happen to know a few things about the criminal justice system. I know when I'm hearing bullshit in a podcast for one. So we're here to break break down uh, true crime cases for you in the Wolfpack, but we're also here to destroy other more boring and stupid podcasts that generally hate the police. And uh, we're going to tell the other side of, of true crime. Uh, before we get started, Kendra, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, handle the scariest part of business, which is uh, bills. So I'm going to go ahead and pay those. Uh, folks, if you support uh, Failure to Stop, you're going to make sure that you uh, go get some sleep. So good that it's scary. That's right. Uh, go to ghostbed.com. Use the offer code Wolfpack. Uh, Ghostbed has been a longtime supporter of Failure to Stop since long before I got here. We appreciate them because they're trying to make it a more affordable, more comfortable mattress that we can get out there to everyone. You can get it one with 0% down, 0% financing, even if you have fictional police officer credit like Officer Randy. Randy could go out and apply for one, even though he has no legal identity at all. He could probably get, still get a ghost bed. Uh, your mental health, your well-being, so, uh, so important as a first responder. Ghostbed recognizes this. That's why they have a discount code for you as a first responder and also as a listener to Failure to Stop. Go out there, make sure you're taking care of yourself, get a good night's sleep. As Eric likes to say, it's sleep so good that it is scary. Also, Factor Meals. If you're tired of eating sugar and feeling like shit from eating a whole bag of candy that was supposed to be meant for kids, get yourself a real meal. Uh, you can go to uh, Factor Meals. You can, can use our offer code WOLFPACK50. You can get 50% off. And uh, you can uh, choose from 300 options. You can have the food delivered right to your door. It's kind of like reverse trick-or-treating. Someone will show up at your house and bring you food. But instead of empty calories and diabetes, you will be fed delicious food with uh, wonderful nutrients that's going to power you through your workday. Uh, and finally, uh, officer privacy. As I said, uh, all throughout the season, being a police officer is spooky enough. Uh, you don't want to wind up in one of these Ben Darby situations where you have to take a life or do something otherwise legal and honorable and noble and uh, put your life through hell for it and have people showing up at your house or, or elsewhere. Uh, remember, admin's going to hang you out to drive, but don't do that to yourself. Don't be a chump. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Officerprivacy.com has all kinds of tools that you can use to obscure uh, various vital information that's out there on the internet about you, you know, information brokers are going to buy and sell this stuff and pass it around like a bowl of Halloween candy, but make sure that your, uh, your information is not in that bowl. Protect yourself. You're only eight or 12 hours away from being on CNN. So get off to privacy.com use uh, forward slash Wolfpack. Do that today. Do it now before it's too late. You know, not, not to threaten you tacitly, uh, but uh, you never know what's going to happen on your next shift. Uh, Kendra. So when you were growing up, you like to trick or treat, right? Cause you're a Halloween person. Constantly. Oh Yeah. What was yeah. your what was your best costume of all time? <laughs> My favorite one was when I was like 12. I was either 12 or 13. I was Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> of all things, you were Jeff Foxworthy at age 12. Yeah. My parents watched a blue collar comedy a lot and I don't know. I just got it in my brain that I wanted to be Jeff Foxworthy that year, so that's what I did and I got yelled at by a woman because she thought I was trying to scare her children and it actually kind of messed me up because I just wanted some candy. Um, but yeah, well, well, the whole, <laughs> the whole cross-dressing thing is obviously very problematic. You were, you were appropriating an entire culture, which had not yet ascended uh, like it has in today's culture. Um, but when you were 12, I was 21. So I wasn't really trick-or-treating, so to speak. So I, I had retired <laughs> from trick-or-treating by then. Uh, my, my best costume ever though, um, Weirdly enough, when I was a little kid, and this is just a 
boy thing but like i thought dump trucks were so fucking cool like the trucks that come out with the arms and pick up the dumpster and like shake it over the own truck's head and dump all that shit out to the point where when it would come on saturday morning i would run outside to go see this thing in action because i just thought it was so cool the heavy equipment and like a famous story of me is famous story of me is running outside in my underwear to go see this thing uh it's just what little boys do i guess and um so I wish I hadn't said that on the show. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I dressed up as a garbage man for for Halloween and not to appropriate their culture. But I think I just wore overalls and I had a big five gallon bucket. You wouldn't believe how much candy I got that year. I don't know if it's because people thought they had to fill up the five gallon bucket. But I remember I was just eating candy for days and days and days. And that that was a good year. And, and um, other years as I grew older, like my mom started checking out more and more as a, as, as a, as a parent. And so eventually, like, there was one Halloween where, like, I wore, like, a green sweatshirt for Halloween. It was pretty fucking sad. So as an adult, I've tried harder to get back into it. And so there was sort of a, a butter zone where, like, in my 30s, that was cool. But now I'm 39. So I kind of have to. I, 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 my question of the Wolfpack is, go ahead and hit me up in the comments. Uh, is 39 too late to be dressing up? Or are you one of those that says it's, it's never too late that you can, you know, you can have a a childish mentality and it's fine or well you just uh, dressed up and you're 39 so i would say i know but i i mean this is like one nfc team away from just how i normally look so i don't, <laughs> I don't think it's that much of a deal all um, right fair enough I'm, I'm mocking chicago but other than that you know by impersonating <laughs> them no less uh people see me in this and they get really upset they just think i have no core values that i'll just or that I don't, that I can't tell the difference between the Bears and the Cowboys. I've been accused of just <laughs> not understanding fashion at certain points. I actually got this uh, jersey to be sarcastic. I went to um, Wisconsin last year, and uh, I was out in the, in the with the Packers fans all over the place, and uh, and so I was there with friends and family. And uh, to annoy them, I dressed up as a Bears fan because the Packers hate the Bears, obviously. So I wanted to create controversy and make people uncomfortable everywhere I went, which is par for the course for me. So it's like every day is like Halloween if I'm willing to dress up and make people uncomfortable. But uh, what I found when I was out there in Wisconsin is that there's this huge uh, underclass of like Chicago Bears fans that are like oppressed by like these uh, Packers, Packers, Nazi people. Uh, I can tell you all about it. But basically, basically, uh, Chicago Bears fans in Wisconsin get treated like abused wives or like, you know, they, <laughs> they'll see someone and they'll like have a bruise. and They're like, my God, man, what happened to you? And they'll look at their coworker and their coworker who's wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey just shakes their head. No, and they're like, I, I ran into the doorknob. I'm like, oh, OK. Are you big? Are you big Packers fan too? Yes, go pack, go. They say, and then, then they look at their coworker. You know, they're all they're all kind of just afraid of being beaten up out there. So it, it was a huge sociological experiment that I did uh, in the name of annoying my family. But let's uh, let's focus on tonight's story because we're eleven minutes in. McCamey Manor. This is a guy, Russ McCamey, started out in uh, San Diego, and he started a uh, a haunted house. Which is not abnormal. It's a lot of people are kind of into that thing. A lot of people are into haunted houses. Um, but he kind of takes it to extremes. Kendra and I have actually been fighting all week because Kendra finds him to be uh, a dangerous madman who needs to be regulated by the government as much as possible to the point of jail even. And I see him as an uncanny businessman who wants to take advantage of a market niche for people who want to engage in extreme acts of horror. Uh, because most haunted houses are totally lame. I worked in a prison for six years. Nothing scares me anymore. 
Uh, I just got that way from working there. Kendra, I'm sure as a police officer, not much really genuinely scares you because just being a cop, you're encountering all kinds of bad people doing bad things, seeing people disembowel themselves, people shooting yeah. themselves. You were kind of the dead body on the person on the squad. So it's like, what does it take to scare you? And if it takes so much, then why aren't you applauding someone like Russ McCamey? Doesn't it takes a lot to scare me, I think. Um, Officer Randy's not afraid of anything, of course. He was born with PTSD. He's just a cop's cop, you know? Nothing phases him. What are you laughing at? This is serious. Uh, there's a gas leak in my house. It has nothing to do with you. All right. No, it, it doesn't take... It, it, it takes a lot to scare me. Like, genuine fear. I do have a, a crippling fear of deep water. Um, so I think that's really the only thing that really scares me. Isn't that one thing they do at McKamey Manor, though? They, they, in the waiver that we'll talk about, <clears> they <throat> say you can be submerged in up to 60 feet of water, which is six stories, uh, six stories deep of water. That's, you know, deep enough that if you're submerging wrong, you can get nitrogen narcosis or the bends or whatever I yeah mean. we'll get into the the waiver later but uh yeah w one of the disclaimers is that you will be in 60 feet of open water and that you'll be submerged and your breathing apparatus will be taken from you and it's the participant's responsibility to uh to surface the right way or they could die that um, would probably i would probably black out and die Probably. So this is taking place in this guy's front yard and he has a pool that's 60 feet deep. Just to clarify, <laughs> how, how does he how does he say you will be subjected to 60 feet of open water if this is going on in the guy's front yard? Some of the, uh, as you'll probably gather while we go through this case, or the story rather, um, a lot of the things that he puts in this waiver, a lot of the, some of the things that he does on the internet and says is actually meant to, I think, just kind of market the place and it's not actually occurring. There's no reports of anybody being in a bunch of water like that. He, like you said, it started in San Diego. Currently it's in Tennessee. I don't think he's got open water. He, he does water tricks, if you will, during the, the tour. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. There's also another clause in there that says you could have your nails ripped out at your nail beds. No one's ever had that happen. So I don't know. I think some of it's just meant to. Uh, I, I think he he jazzes it up. I think he's an ultimate showman. At one point, he said, "You know, has anyone ever been hurt in in this extreme survival horror haunted house thing?" He says, "No, but someone had a heart attack once." Of course, the podcast that I listen to is like, "Oh yeah, he doesn't want to talk about that." I'm like, well, if he's a showman saying that he has the ultimate haunted house, wouldn't he love to say, "Hey, someone here actually had a heart attack. Luckily, he survived." But that's how scary it is. Like. To me, if I was a thrill seeker, and I'm genuinely not, but I would love to hear, you know, a story that, of a place that was so scary that, like, it actually felled a man. I would think that that would be something that would only work in favor of his marketing. But, of course, you know, there's so much that gets talked about with Russ McCamey that so many allegations, like in so many true crime podcasts, where we cannot back up any of these things. It's just things that people say. Uh, yeah. Before before we continue on, though, why don't we play a, a clip of the footage he takes? Now, when participants go through, uh, we'll talk about the application process. But one thing that happens the entire time is that they're 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 videoed during their entire experiences they go through, uh, even as it's pretty grotesque, pretty extreme. I think this is a 
great move for liability reasons. You know, he can show that at no point is anyone revoking their consent, which is a huge part of what makes this legal. He can show that no one's actually being tortured and things like that. On the other hand, the podcasters who talk about it say, well, this is, you know, this is his torture porn. This is the stuff he gets his rocks off to. This is the stuff he's selling on the dark web to the highest bidder and all this. And um, I'll just go ahead and, and show some of the things that happens to willing participants who go on uh, McKamey Manor. We'll start with uh, Holly. Holly, uh, Holly's favorite movie is Saw. And she's, she really uh, likes the people who get victimized at Saw. So she's going to be doing that here at McKamey Manor. I'll throw that up. Oh, that looks so cool. Oh, I like it. No. 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 Honey, be quiet. Don't get out of there, honey. Don't do it, honey. No. Please. Keep moving, honey. No. no. Hold your breath. Please. Let me count to three. Hold your breath. One. No, please. Two. Three. First takes. Number one, the birds chirping. This is obviously a beautiful day. This is not scary. Number two, cargo shorts. Just generally not afraid of a man in cargo shorts. I mean, he could be concealing hundreds of weapons in there. That's hey. kind of the great thing about cargo shorts. Officer sorry, Randy wears I mean, cargo shorts. Sorry about, sorry about that, Officer Randy. He's intimidating I, I, as fuck. Okay, there's a difference between being intimidated lawfully by someone like you and then being scared of like, uh, you know, Jigsaw Jr. over here, who's really not that scary. The other thing is, is that um, so he's pouring water into this thing she's wearing on her head and the water pours in and pours out. I think it's genius because if you've ever done like that stupid ice bucket challenge, you'll realize when the cold water comes on to you, when it, when it dunks on you real quick, it causes a parasympathetic response, right? Like you have vasoconstriction, the cold water makes a uh, different things happen with your heart rate your heart rate jumps up anyone who's gone to the beach on a cold day would know this getting into the water a polar plunge type thing and and, and obviously will give you those, those feelings of anxiety just with your heart beating faster but water drains out right away she knows it's coming she, he tells her to hold her breath what has he done there that's torturous i mean reminding I think... you that she signed up for that she filled out a waiver and had to had to get through a process even to get there go ahead I think some of it uh, stemmed. I watched a documentary on this. Um, there's a couple, actually. The one that just came out on Hulu, it's called Monster Inside, America's Most Extreme Haunted House, I think that's what it's called. And I kind of, I liked it. It didn't good, get as good reviews as the other one, Haunters, that he's in. Um, I think because this one on Hulu is more about him as an individual. And they interview some of the people that have worked there. And one guy was like a longtime friend of Russ's. Russ is a Navy veteran and he was in the Navy with, with Russ. So um, the way they explain it is that I think it started as kind of a uh, like a fetish thing almost. Like it because 
if you're in the community, the horror community, you know that like sometimes the scary, violent stuff kind of goes hand in hand with that. And there's a lot of people that are very, there's a community of people that are into these immersive haunts for those reasons. Some of them are into it, into it for um, a, a therapeutic reason to like help with anxiety and things like that. They, they explain it really well in the documentary. It's very good. I recommend it. Um, excuse my hands. Um, but I think with like that video, Maybe it's just me, but it strikes me as um, the first thing, the fetish thing. But I think I think the feeling of like you're like you are in danger, but you aren't actually in danger. I don't know. It's kind mm -hmm. of I'm not going to sit here and explain all that, but that's what it looks like to me. And yeah. I, I have I have jumped into a freezing ass pool of water before. And you do yeah. like start to hyperventilate and like shake a little. And um, yeah, I don't think that it's, there are some videos that are definitely over the edge. That one, I don't think, I think everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to so, be careful saying that. Cause I don't want people to think that I'm okay with like. No, we, we the got the, the officer Andy's pro weird sexual torture. So how do you go to McCamey Manor? Like, what's the whole process for that? Because there is a process, right? Like you even mm -hmm. have to qualify. Like, tell me about that. So I actually emailed the website. I went to the website and sent an email. I have not heard back yet. I'm waiting. I'll give updates when I do. I was hoping they'd get back to me by today. But they're, fi they're finding out you're a cop, I bet. So they're not going <laughs> to let go. Well, essentially what you do is you you send your email like that you want to apply and then somebody emails you back, um, assuming it's Russ. And basically what he wants is uh, you have to send in a video of yourself explaining why you want to do the haunt, why he should pick you. He makes it seem very much like you're welcome for coming because I'm selecting you. You're special. He charges a fee for a conversation you have to give a deposit of a hundred dollars that you get back if you show up to your tour and then if you get approved and you go to your tour he gives you very specific instructions on where to go what to wear what to bring um, typically he does i think it's four cans or one 40 pound bag of dog food that he donates i have theories on why this is the admission charge that we can get into later um well we could do it right now i mean so it's a not it's a non-profit essentially right yeah so i think that's how he gets around the legalities of owning a business because people aren't actually paying for a service um therefore everything is civil um there's no well it's civil in business anyway but you know what i mean it's very uh he gets to avoid taxes he avoids all kinds of stuff liability um, although he does do it on his own property, so that's, I don't know, but. His homeowner's I, insurance would cover that, obviously. <laughs> yes, I was waterboarded and I have permanent brain damage like, on this property. <laughs> <laughs> Jake from State Farm is just like, what the hell, man? What? <laughs> <laughs> I did consent. I kind of enjoyed it, but I need help. I want to know who does insure his house. I mean, they must know what's going on. It's not like this is, you know, it's not low key. This is not, I mean, it's a major thing that we're even talking about here. It's pretty well known that he's doing this, you know, so yeah, you can't tell me that there's not a claims adjuster who drives by his house just to kind of like get the skinny on what could be going on. Yeah. There, you know? So 
I just realized we didn't really explain what the manor is that well. And I've talked to a lot of people about this and not a lot of people know have ever heard of this. So I'm just going to kind of like give a rundown real quick just so everybody knows what the hell we're talking about here. Um, Pick the hell of a time to do it. 23 minutes in. Let's go. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, It just came to me. uh, Small hand, small brain. I know. Um, It's, McKamey Manor is a what they call an immersive horror experience or an immersive haunt in which it's like a haunted house attraction, but people can touch you. Um, the haunted house attraction thing that I went to for this wa- pla- whoa that I went to for this past week in Pennsylvania, they could touch you there, but it was very like grab you on the shoulders or like touch your hair while you're walking by nothing nothing crazy but this immersive experience is like people will grab you up there's a scale there's like a they call them boo haunts where people are just coming around the corner and like boo and you get scared then there's these like extreme immersive ones where they simulate a kidnapping essentially and they tie you up and they like do an interrogation or they shoot you with pellets and all this stuff McKamey Manor is kind of like that but Russ takes it to a complete like way off the charts um he used to have a staff he's it's actually just him now which i think is it's funny to me because it's like it's just you and russ and he's just like dumping water on you (laughs) i don't know but he used to have a team of a staff of people and they would um they beat you up essentially there are reports and confirmations of people eating live insects, throwing up, being forced to consume their own vomit, um, people being buried alive 12 feet deep, crawling through mud, um, having their heads shaved. One woman, uh, she had, her name was Lori. That's the only name I know her by. She went to the McKamey Manor and she ended up in the hospital a few days later. Uh, she shared some pictures and her face was completely swollen. Like she was almost unrecognizable. She had bruises everywhere, cuts. So it's a little extreme. And I think the problem with it is that even though there's a waiver and even though you know kind of what to, what you're getting yourself into, I don't, I think there's still a line maybe and they cross it and people don't like that. But, you know, they do kind of lay it all out in the waiver. I'm just saying they it's do very specific. <laughs> I mean, they say, I mean, to even get admitted, you have to meet seven criteria, right? Like you have to be certain age, 18, 21, whatever it is. You have to prove that you have medical insurance. You have to uh, get a doctor's note to say that you're you're physically well in order to do this. You have to join like a Facebook group, group that's closed where they interview, interview you further. I think they even, um, they do this 40 page waiver with you that explains that although you're not in danger from intentional acts of harm, you are assuming a lot of risk just by virtue of the activities you're engaging in that you're very likely to, to come out of, come out of this with some kind of marks or scars or something just because of the event that you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to sign up and go through all these processes and you have to be vetted. And I think the reason why he does this is because, First of all, it's very good business just to make sure that no one dies on him. You know, this case of this phantom heart attack guy that once had this happen, which I doubt even happened. You generally don't want people dry, dying on your property uh, routinely. That's bad for insurance. But 
The other thing is, is that uh, this is what drove me most nuts about listening to other podcasts talk about this. They say, you know, this waiver uh, that uh, people who lived in the neighborhood of Russ, they would hear yelling, screaming. They would see these forced abduction scenarios, which people had signed up for, for the thrill. And that uh, the police would come out and see the people had signed these waivers. And then, then they just they wouldn't be able to take any action. Kendra, as a former police officer, can you walk us through why that's just obvious bullshit? Have, would, tell me why a police officer wouldn't be able to arrive at a call for service where 911 had been dialed and someone makes a criminal complaint of assault or other harm and a document being supplied would not get someone off the hook. Well, I will say I've never run into a situation like that. But in as, my... As Officer Randy? <laughs> Officer Randy... <laughs> Officer Randy's actually a member of one of those clubs, like the underground clubs where you go and like get your ass beat for sexual <laughs> gratification. Oh my gosh. So, you know, he probably would be fine with all of this, but I, um, you go to a call outside of a domestic because there's no discretion with domestic violence in law enforcement. If someone, if, if you have probable cause that someone's a victim, you must make an arrest. There's no can, shall, whatever, um, but any other, any other sort of assault or battery, if the victim is either saying that they don't want to pursue charges or that it was, I haven't had a, personally, I haven't had an experience where someone was like, no, I wanted this guy to punch me in the face. But if that were the case, um, probably wouldn't make an arrest. You were going to do a report, but yeah. You're not because there's nothing, there's no charges if the victim doesn't want to, if the victim isn't a victim. Does that make sense? So, right. Suppo suppose they did, though. Suppose they said, I do want to press assault charges. And Russ came to you and said, But I've got them signing this waiver. No. What would you do, officer? Take it up in civil court. You can sue him. Russ, you're going to jail. There because you go. Criminal law <laughs> oh, supersedes that. Yeah, and well, there's there's, there's, there's no way there's no waiver for for criminal behavior. You can't you can't no. say, well, you know, I'll sign this waiver and it lets someone assault me. The reason for that is is because you can consent to something like that. Like if you wanted to, to be a boxer, you're consenting to someone punching you in the face, right? And so it's not a crime. Um, later, if you withdrew your consent and you said, "Stop, I don't want to do this anymore," and someone keeps wailing on you, uh, then at that point it does become an assault, and you could you could. You could mm -hmm. deal with that in a criminal court. So the issue is, is that these podcasters are con confused by they're like, how does he work at this legal loophole where in which he's allowed to torture people? And it's not even a crime. And I'm like, well, well they consent to it. And if they withdraw <laughs> their consent, that's essentially where it would become a crime. So he's still liable for criminal charges. It's just that no one's charging him with a crime. No, the victims aren't coming forward and saying, Russ assaulted me. Go ahead. Well, here's the issue with that, I think, is... uh. In, in the waiver, and we, we spoke about this a little bit uh, yesterday, I, I believe, and I'm not trying to like, well, if you, you enter into, me. if yeah, you, well, no, I'm, I'm trying to say if you enter into a, 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 I don't know if it's a legally binding document, it's full of misspell, like he clearly just wrote it out. I mean, it's pretty bad actually, but regardless, if you, if you sign a document, um, that clearly lays out what could and is probably going to happen. You sign it, you enter willingly. And then in the middle of it, you're like, this isn't what I wanted. I kind of have a little bit of like a, what it's not. 
you did all, like you said, you jumped through all these hoops to get there. It's obvious what's going on there because it's a well-known thing now. He has a website with videos, many, many videos on what he does to these people. Um, but I'm losing my train of thought because I'm so focused on that. But if you. Uh, that's okay. One thing I'll say about the waiver is this. I have two things, actually. First of all, you kind of judge them for having spelling problems. We got to remember that Russ has his own power of attorney. That means he acts as his attorney in issues. He can draft his own legal documents and uh, a judge can find them to be compelling. You know, like you can just happen to get them all legally right, particularly when there is boilerplate as this. Like basically it says like, mm -hmm. I sign away my life. Bad things can and will happen to me and McKamey Manor is not responsible. Sign here, sign here, initial here. It's 40 pages long. Like this guy is trying to cover everything. So, 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 so that could be legally durable, but let's talk about why it wouldn't be. The consent thing. I got back on my train of thought real quick. Go ahead. And you were saying that, that there's no crime because no consent was being withdrawn. There's a lot of reports from people saying that there, there is a safe word given to you. You're told that you can use it and it, everything will stop immediately. But when these people would use the safe word, they would say no. And they would keep you there and they would continue for hours. Um, that is the issue that I think a lot of people have with that is that it's not necessarily that it's happening, but when it is happening and the person wants us to stop, wants it to stop and it doesn't stop. Um, because uh, obviously, obviously that would be a problem. That's, that's, you know, then but there's, there's no, no proof. There's no proof of it is the problem. And that is why he has not, because he conveniently doesn't record that part. He records most of the tour for each okay. person. So, so but. couldn't a victim have, have the, or the, by way of the state, have that videotape subpoenaed and then they could show it to a judge or a jury and say, what do you think? You know, he just conveniently panned away from the camera. Or this has been edited. This is, you know, this shows, this shows that it's been altered. He's taken out the part, you know, at, at least it could be up for a jury's consideration or, or something. But there, there's one final part I want to put on the civil, the civil aspect of the waiver. Okay, so he has his own power of attorney. He could draft these documents. A judge can decide something so wide, wide, wide scoped and so boilerplate could absolve him from liability of this thing being signed. Particularly, you know, if you have like a, a notary there, that would probably be a good idea. Mm -hmm. But there's also this thing called unconscionability, where a court can look at a, a, at a contract and see that it's clearly unfair, clearly oppressive, uh, and they may choose not to honor it. So if you if you sign a contract saying like yeah you can torture me for 10 hours and uh, i won't sue you if you get tortured for 10 hours and then you decide to sue russ you take this in front of a judge the judge is going to be like okay i see what what this contract says however this is morally unconscionable and i'm not going to enforce this contract right. this lawsuit can go forward so no matter how boilerplate his contract is he's not immune from civil liability right i, so, I do so, have yeah so what drives me nuts is these podcasters are all saying that he's like this criminal mastermind who's out here torturing people and getting away with it. It's like he can be held criminally and civilly liable. There's nothing that he's done that's like mm -hmm. amazing. You know, like you said, he's misspelling his own waiver. The guy hasn't he, the guy hasn't outwitted the criminal or civil justice system. You know what I mean? I think I think a lot of it is is people. Um, this is this this was the thing that I started and I lost my train of thought. I think a lot of people are afraid. Because there's also an NDA that you have to sign, and it says you cannot say anything bad towards the McKamey Manor for 20 years after your experience, and if you do, I'll sue you for fifty thousand um, dollars. That's the 
NDA that you sign, essentially in a nutshell. I think a lot of people are, they don't understand how law works. They don't understand how criminal investigating works. They don't know their rights. Yeah. They don't know. And they're afraid of paper and words. Yeah, so they're getting, they're getting bullied. Yeah. Like a sovereign citizen yeah. might do to them. I get that. I think a lot of people, because I thought the same thing. I was watching this documentary. I'm like, these people are, this is a known thing. This is not a new, like, this is not that new. It's been controversial since it really came to light. You would think by now there's Facebook groups called like Expose McCamey Manor and all this stuff. You would think that all of these people coming forward and working together to get the manor shut down, it would work at some point because there are plenty of stories of um, even the, his own employees admit to taking their aggression out on these people or they would have um, they would quote, they went too far. One of them said Ryan Lawrence is one of those where one of the employees that used to work at the McCamey Manor who was a convicted felon um, for some sort of, I think some sort of uh, battery against law enforcement. Um, but he got a job working there and he told reporters that, yeah, I go to work and I take my aggression out on these people and I've probably taken it too far and he enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, but I, I, now, take, but... I take my aggression out on people at work too. I mean, that's really, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I just thought it was also laughable. They're like, do you Russ, waterboard I, them? I mean, I'm not going to talk, you know, I signed an NDA. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my job. Uh, also that was, I don't think that that was strictly speaking waterboarding. The other thing about an NDA no. is that, that can also be unenforceable. You know, you can't sign in. There's no legally durable NDA that prohibits you from disclosing criminal activity. That would not be mm -hmm. legally durable. So if you, you cannot sign an NDA that prevents you from, you know, exposing a criminal activity, like the mob would just have you sign an NDA and then they would always get away with stuff if that was the case. So I, I believe you when, when you say that people are kind of bullied into this thing, but you know, if he's really, if he's really doing these things, people, can and should go after him. And again, on these podcasters, varying reports saying, you know, people say that they, they, they feel like he's untouchable, but some people do go after him. And I'm like, okay, so if Russ has been sued, what was the result of that legal action? Did they settle or, you know, what came out of that? Um, kind of drove me nuts as I was listening to the podcast that people would alter alternately say that he was untouchable and that he has also been sued. And so it's like, so he has been sued. Would, Okay. So what, what came out of that? Do you know? I didn't look into it too far because I mean, obviously it didn't, nothing happened. I, I think yeah. I didn't look at like the court documents on it, but I think one of the things that I thought about while I was watching the documentary and going through and listening to the podcast and reading and all this stuff, because Russ also has a very large fan base of people who support him. And the argument is that this is a world that a lot of people don't understand. And that it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of a vague uh, thing, but it's kind of like, you know, you're outside looking in the people mm -hmm. that volunteer for this stuff, know what they're getting themselves into. Some of them have had a bad experience. Some of them have claimed to really enjoy the experience. Yeah. I think the, I think the lines get blurred, really blurred, if you're going into an experience that you don't really know anything about, 
and then you start experiencing like that is really extreme to someone but it could also be like this is what i want for another person and i think russ has covered his bases very well well he's covered his bases enough what what bothers me is that you have people who are on the outside looking in, right? People that would never do this uh, horror survival challenge. And they're looking at what's going on. They're being very judgmental towards the people that sign up for this thing, which some people are just haunted house junkies. Like me, for example, I don't do that sort of thing. Not because I think it's morally wrong. I just think it's a stupid waste of time. And if someone was getting in my face, I'm very likely to just be annoyed by them rather than afraid. So, but so here's something that I did that other people wouldn't understand. And, but because it, it's not something that's very easy to judge. I went to Utah and I went out to a ranch and I spent the day riding uh, a horse. And I did this because I'm from the city and I've never fucking ridden a horse before. So we rode all over the countryside and I signed up for the all day uh, trail ride, which ends in this thing called the gauntlet. What the gauntlet is, is you eventually, you take the horse, uh, which does this, the horse is smarter than a dog, by the way. The horse does this trail every day. So the horse actually kind of knows what it's doing. You go up into the mountains in uh, Utah and we're walking along this trail and it's extremely treacherous. Like at one point I'm riding my horse and I look over the side, I'm like, if this horse slips or falls, me and the horse will fall to our death. Like we're both in extreme danger. I've assumed a lot of risk. I don't even think I signed a waiver for this. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm in danger. Uh, the last part of the gauntlet is, is when the horse gets to the end of the trail, the horse goes up to full speed. So I have never ridden a horse before. And now here I am on a horse and I'm going top speed. We're running to the end of the uh, end of the trail. And this is just a flat, straight out run. My foot slipped out of the stirrup and I'm a big guy. I'm top heavy. And all of a sudden to stay on this horse that's running at full speed, I have to hunt, hunch over, grab the horn of the saddle and kind of clench on with my other foot that's still in the stirrup i'm in a lot of danger at this point i'm in actual danger of physical death injury spiritual death all physical kinds of things. Death. physical death okay i might actually experience physical and emotional death <laughs> so this is a dangerous thing but you know the guy that runs this horse ranch for people who are in into horses and that whole day-long experience there's actual risk of some kind of uh some kind of danger and we assume that but he doesn't get judged no one thinks that he goes too far even though he's taking people and $100 cash off of them and having them go out and ride his horses and all these dangerous places. And who who the hell knows what could happen? So I enjoyed it because I enjoyed riding a horse. These people enjoy it because they enjoy that fear or that sensation. And that's just what they're into. And so it kind of drives me nuts that you have people outside looking in and saying, this is wrong. This is, this is prurient. There's something deviant about it. This ought to be shut down. We ought to regulate people out of being able to enjoy their hobbies. If there's a crime and someone has a criminal complaint, by all means, if, if he needs to go to jail, you know, let's do it the same way we do it for every other criminal. But apparently there's all these petitions going around saying that Russ has just got to be stopped. Obviously, having him in your neighborhood is very annoying. But I just liken the two things together. There's just one's very easy to criticize and the other one's not, you know, I, and that that's how I see Russ. I think, too, because everything that has been that has come out about the, the McKamey Manor. And the experiences that people have, while yes, I do think that there are people who have actual psychological damage from this experience. I mean, why wouldn't you if you weren't really expecting to be buried alive or to be waterboarded or to be locked in a freezer with cold water? Um, Obviously, 
you know, that would cause some psychological damage. But I have um, little sympathy. I have a little bit of sympathy, but very little sympathy for people who read this waiver. Now, here's a caveat to that. It has also come out that people don't see this waiver until they're already in the actual haunt. And, but there's also contradictory. Is, the, is that the first scary part? You have to fill out 40 pages of legal paperwork. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> I'm tapping out right now. No, man, I can't do it. I can't do 40 pages of paperwork. I'm okay with the waterboarding. I'm okay this with is longer than buying out. a house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that has come out. But it also has been stated that Russ does a five hour long ceremony with you there he is in which he goes through this waiver with you and he makes sure that you read every single fucking thing you sign it so i don't really know there's a lot of contradicting um there's a lot of information a lot of it's contradictory and none of it is proven it's all allegations there's absolutely zero evidence to show that this is actually happening russ does film everything russ tells people that there are live audiences in las vegas Ah, Ray McDonald, LA Times. As you can see, I'm bloody, soaking wet, and terrified. Sorry, Kendra, I thought that. Yeah. I could- that on <laughs> rather than just cut you off rudely but that's something else that's very spooky it's just being cut off i'm going to try to play it while you talk over it though okay go ahead um okay i'm distracted this is <laughs> sorry you're, you're fine so but this these are there's some people in a in a, in a casket there uh, there's a guy screaming in the camera he looks spooked out there's a guy clearly not touching him very near him uh, that guy, uh, I mean, they're, they're people, they, they appear to be in, in genuine distress, but I mean, is this all part of the game? Like, you know, they, they signed up for this stuff. This is the stuff they wanted to experience. And this is the other thing you mentioned was, is that, you know, when they go through the, the, the special paperwork ceremony of being vetted, uh, they, uh, you know, they watch apparently at least two hours of videos of other participants going through this. Mm-hmm. And of course these participants are ones that have tapped out and they're saying, you know, don't do this. This is a mistake. You don't want to go through with this. It, it has the, the dual, the dual effect of both um, legally covering him because it's saying like, listen, you heard it from other people that you should not be doing this. This is a yep. huge mistake. Um, but at the same time, it's also very uh, enticing to someone who seeks out this type of experience. Because they're seeing how extreme it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I will say this too, like, you know, I think part of the market niche that makes something like this exist is that haunted houses are so lame. You know, people go through haunted house experiences and they get a little jump scare and, you know, they pay their five bucks or whatever. But they want something that's this extreme. They want to see something like they've never seen before. And mm-hmm. there's going to be somebody who rises to the top and, 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 and captures that market niche of the ultimate, you know, horror experience. If it's not Russ, it's going to be somebody else, right? Yeah. And this video that you're showing, too, um, this was when they were still in San Diego. And one of the podcasts I listened to talked about, I think they were probably talking about this video. It's like a trailer that was put out by McKamey Manor. Um 
they talk about how Russ allegedly nitpick or nitpicks cherry picks what he's going to put in his edits and what he's not going to put in his edits and they claim he conveniently leaves out the super violent stuff the um people taking back their consent the, that might be true there's no proof to say it is true but it, it it could be true um this was apparently a little more tame when they were in san diego it has escalated since it's moved to Tennessee, but at the beginning of this, you know, an LA times reporter is there. They're not going to, if they are doing these violent acts, they're not going to do them while the news is there. No, of course not. They're going to, I mean, hold that back a little bit. Yeah. But the, the other thing is um, someone in the documentary that I watched last night made a comment that kind of struck me because you were saying that he's a good businessman and it kind of makes sense. Even even Russ claims I would not do any of this if I couldn't film it because I want people to see what I'm doing. He said yeah. that, and there was a person in the documentary that said they went and experienced this tour. Um, by the way, these tours can last anywhere between eight and ten hours, but there's also a clause in the waiver that says if you leave, we're still like basically for thirty six hours. So if you do the tour, you leave and you go to a hotel. I'm assuming that means they can come to your hotel and take you back. <laughs> I don't know, but. <laughs> Within 36 hours, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thought, but um, I think a lot of this is over, like they play it up. Like I think Russ tells them to play up their reactions when he's filming them to make these videos. He used to live stream them like back in the OG days of this haunt. And he like had a fan base that would watch these people go through these things. It, it was a little more tame, I think, but it seems like just a big a way for him to just get some sort of validation that he's got this reputation of being this like psycho that hurts people. And it, it's what, it, that's what it feels like to me. I mean, it's all kind of like a, a front almost. That That's what they say is that, uh, you know, that he's found his way to like in a, in a quote unquote healthy or legal way that he can, sort of live out the things that uh, interest him and you know not to use a coarse phrase but to kind of get his rocks off mm -hmm. uh one, one thing that is interesting about uh, the whole selection and waiver process um you know like i said he shows you these videos and you have to go through all this and you have to get selected you see these videos and so you know what you're you're in for and so people want i mean <laughs> You want oversight for this because you're worried that it's going to be crossing somebody's line, but everybody has a different line, right? Mm -hmm. So you know what you're in for. You're getting into it. You see what these people are going through, which nothing I saw there looked criminal. I mean, the people look terrified, but I mean, that's the whole point. So Now, I'd, I saw a video uh, in the documentary where Russ's friend from the Navy went through and it's him being essentially they're simulating burying him alive. He's got, uh, he's he his head is inside of like a cage thing and Russ is taking mud and dumping it on his face. And naturally if you dump mud or, you know, you waterboard somebody, it, it feels like you're going to suffocate and die. Um, and that induces the panic and the fear that people pay to go experience 
Russ even talks about like I have to bring them to that point or they're not going to they're not going to feel the fear that they want. And they're showing the they're showing the video of this guy getting mud shoveled on his face and it's really kind of unsettling to watch because he's asking him I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Stop, stop. And Russ is like you're fine. There's no quitting. You're fine. In the do- like in the documentary when they're interviewing this guy, he says you know, in my mind, I thought I was going to die and I was begging him to stop. And then I realized he wasn't going to stop. And he said it was, it was extra scary because he'd known Russ for years. And the thought crossed his mind, like, why did I come here? I'm just at his house. No one's coming to help me. I can't move. I'm not going to see my family again. So the psychological torment is real for these people. Um, But the question I think for me is like, is it that Russ is going too far or did they just not mentally prepare themselves for this experience? Yeah. Even though it's clearly laid out what it is, you know, yeah, I, is that I, Russ's I, fault? I, I, and I don't want to just say, well, the guy's never done anything wrong. Cause like he does, mm-hmm. he apparently puts on one of these shows every week. So you have no way of knowing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, this is just really easy for people to go through the experience and then say, well, you know, I, I bought more than I bargained for or whatever. Um, it's just the things that they say about him too, you know, the allegations that go around that he's a pedophile, he's OCD, narcissist, people just, at one point, this one of this podcast I listened to says that his daughter says that he has been, uh, he's been diagnosed with all mental illnesses. <laughs> all of them. So, so he has all mental illnesses and that's why he behaves this way. And um, I guess his ex-wife, who clearly does not have an axe to grind against him or anything, says that, you know, he's got, you know, certain narcissistic, dangerous, uh, pedophile, suicidal tendencies. And the kids deny that they've ever been abused by him, but I guess they don't like him either. They say that, you know, he hates kids and all this. It's like trudging on all of his family stuff, all that to try to make him look bad. Again, none of it, none of it is, is tantamount to a crime. It's not crime to be an asshole to your family. Otherwise, I would probably already be in prison. And it's just, they're just, they're doing everything they can to appear in his character. People will say that he's like a cult leader, even though nothing that you have seen or we have described at all resembles a cult. It'd be one thing if he like lived out on a compound and had a whole bunch of people who did this tor- sort of torture thing as, you know, daily rituals or as a way to get closer to Russ or as a, the cost of admission or if they weren't free to leave or if he had financial entanglements, if he was exploiting them somehow, like if there's any kind of like uh, religious symbolism at all, like these things are the earmarks of a cult. Nothing that he's done is is cult-like, but probably the the funniest uh, two things said about him. I want to compare back to back just to kind of explain my view on Russ. They described him as an excellent entertainer. He's made a lot of money and a decent living as a DJ at weddings and a singer at weddings. And uh, he also employs CIA MK Ultra techniques to destroy the minds of people who come to his front yard. So there's that. <laughs> he's, he's using uh, he has he has real ability to control your mind using MK Ultra techniques. And uh, uh, if you if you don't want him to you don't want to hire him to do that, he can sing at your wedding. So to me, that's Russ. <laughs> he's he's in he's in a niche market. You know, people will say that there's something wrong with him. I just think maybe he's different. Maybe there is. I can't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, you know, not in this country. Other countries I am, but I'm not allowed I to practice that, in the United States. But uh, I, I just think he's a different guy with with weird interests. That's all. I think he definitely. Um, 
I'm not going to say definitely because I don't know, but I would venture to say that he is probably got a little bit of some sort of like sociopathic or narcissistic tendencies. I don't think that he's fully, um, I don't think that he's just some sensible businessman. I think that that's part of it, but I do think that he does have some sort of something else going on because it's just kind of evident in his relationships and the way that he goes about the vetting process. It's very much like I am in, it could be part of the bit. I don't know, but it's just something just doesn't sit right with me about him. I'm not saying that what he's doing is, you know, if I sat here and said that it's wrong, then I would be saying that the people that go voluntarily have something wrong with them. And I don't think that that's true. I do believe that when he was fully staffed, I do believe a lot of these allegations where they would not, they would ignore safe words and they would take things too far. I believe that because, and and ironically enough, you, one of the things is you can't be a convicted felon and you can't cuss at all or they'll stop the tour. But he was hiring convicted felons. Well, where do you want convicted felons to work? It's either they work in a haunted in a haunted yard, okay, or they they make steaks at Applebee's. That was another podcast take that drove me nuts because he wants to hire get convicted felons and white supremacists because that was the scariest thing that this beta male could think of. Oh my god! So that they had so because it was people who had real experience in bringing horror to other human beings. I'm like, dude, you have never been in a fight. I can just tell by listening. <laughs> You have clearly never, never really experienced what it means to be uh, alive. You know, uh, you're, you're a very, very timid creature. Uh, if you, like I said, if you've ever gone to Applebee's, guess what? You, you just participated in a business venture that hired a convicted felon. So I guess you have to deal with that. Well, one of the things that, real quick, I wanted to bring this up earlier and I forgot. One of the things about the McCamey Manor is if you finish, you get $20,000. That's on the table. That no one has made Yeah, yeah. Now, people people also say that Russ is a fraud. He's in huge financial debt, which is part of the reason why his wife left him. Um, It it could be, I don't know. Um, But the the person that got the closest to it, because like I said, it goes from eight to ten, anywhere from eight to ten hours, um, was a man who made it to nine and a half hours, and Russ stopped. And got him out because he believed that he was hypothermic. That's a that's a good haunted haunted yardman to get and that he guy thought, out. Of well, the guy that went through it was like, I was not hypothermic. I was, you know, he was very cognizant yeah. of what was going on. So people think that like Russ was like, oh shit, he's getting really close, and I don't have twenty thousand dollars, so yeah. I'm just gonna say he's hypothermic and get him out of here. Yeah, well, but I mean, that's the same thing when you go to the mall and you see the car in the mall and you give them your contact information thinking you're going to win a car. I mean, it's no less of a unscrupulous business practice than that. You have no chance of winning that car at all, but you've given them your your marketing information. I, th- I think that that could be unscrupulous and you can you can condemn him for that. I did hear that the $20,000 prize was taken off the table because in Russ's words, he goes, well, people were only doing it for the money and they were putting themselves in danger to achieve this prize. And I really wanted to be about the experience, which sounds like a really good business person thing to say. But I'll tell you this, if you think you're going to go do anything, whether it's riding horses for 10 hours, which is a special kind of dangerous if you're a man, or if you're going to go to this uh, 
haunted uh, haunted front yard thing in San Diego or Tennessee or Alabama or whatever it is now. If, if there's a twenty thousand dollar prize, show me the money. Just put the cash on the table. Like show me what it is. I have a I have a chance of walking here out of with, um, and give me the tax forms. You know that I I will obviously need to uh, report this to the IRS. Any real businessman is going to say, hey, the money's here. You can win the money. It's right here. Uh, it's in my safe, you know, close up the safe or whatever you need to do, whatever procedure you have to protect yourself from being robbed. And, uh, you know, have them sign the waiver, you know, show them the documents and do it. But, you know, the $20,000 is off the table at this point. So people could sign up and then go do this. But I guess, you know, now it's just Rob just pouring money on you in a kiddie pool in his garage and there's no money. So I think, I think McCamey Manor might not be as cool as it used to be, but I think well, if that's what you're doing, that's what you want to try. COVID ruined. COVID was too scary for McCamey Manor. That reminds me. Uh, for if you uh, if anyone has not seen this show, go go look for clips of this. But it's called uh, Nathan for you. It used to run on Comedy Central. It stars Nathan Fielder, who has a a new movie coming out. But he did it. He, his whole show was it was like bar rescue, but it was uh, bad bar rescue because he would go and help out these failing businesses by giving them the stupidest ideas. Like there was this uh, frozen yogurt stand that just couldn't sell any frozen yogurt. So his whole thing was, is he created a, a custom flavor. He went to a chemical company that does custom stuff and he made them a poop flavored <laughs> frozen yogurt. And of course people showed up for the lunch cause they were curious and they tried it and they're like, this tastes like shit. And he's like, I know. Right. So what he did for the haunted house is he created a haunted house situation that was uh, totally unparalleled. So uh, I won't give away the ending for that. So if you want to, if you have some free time, look up that Nathan for you episode where he does the haunted house. It kind of matches uh, perfectly uh, with what we're discussing with McKamey. <laughs> uh, for you in the comments, thanks for dropping by to see us on failure to stop live on Halloween. We appreciate you. If you think that Kendra won the argument that Russ McKamey is a deranged sociopathic madman with all mental illnesses who employs <laughs> MK ultra techniques to defraud Put words in my mouth. To defraud people out of dog food, go ahead and type the number one. If you think I am right, that Russ is just maybe a man of middling intelligence who is way too obsessed with this one thing, who just wants to create the best haunted house experience and probably hasn't harmed anyone and maybe things haven't gone exactly right. But, you know, like I said, there's assuming some risk. Go ahead and put in a number two. I want to see who won this debate. Uh, Kendra and I have a long history of, of fighting. This is, uh, if I could win tonight, then this will almost makes up for the, the pain of our long-standing divorce. This is me you know, flipping you is, off. This is the only podcast that is required legally as a, as a condition of divorce. If we stop doing the podcast, then by law, Kendra and I become remarried. So we will see you back here next week, of course. Failure to Stop is a, a whole uh, slew of things on this channel. On uh, Mondays, you can watch Uncuffed with Jade Royal. That's a comedy show. Uh, Tuesdays, us on uh, True Crime Tuesday. We'll break down another fascinating case next week. Probably actually tell a true crime story. And then Wednesday's last call, all the news that you need. Earlier today, Tansy uh, broke down the case of that uh, that tragic loss of the ice hockey uh, player who uh, was killed. And he'll break down more stories like that for you tomorrow. On Thursday, it's the Comm Center. This week, I'll give you a preview. We're going to talk about a case out of Sparks, Nevada. Excellent police department there in Sparks. They had an incident a few years ago. Um, there's some 911 dispatch audio and some police body cam footage. So we're kind of going back to a classic format and, uh, we'll also be breaking down the case of, uh, a woman who trapped her husband in a dog kennel and, uh, fell asleep from drinking Bud Light and woke up and found him dead. 
but it turns out he had signed a waiver. So she, despite confessing to police officers who were too busy playing Pokemon Go in the interrogation chamber, she remains <laughs> free to this day. <laughs> and then on Friday, failure to stop the uh, big case breakdown, the show that started all. Eric and Drew are going to be having a guest this week. I can't remember the name of their guest, but uh, very exciting. Uh, we'll tell you more about that as we get closer to Friday. Sheetrock. Go- Yes, Keith Sheetrock. Uh, guns up, giddy up. Have a happy, safe Halloween. Hope, hope something terrible happens to you, but not legally not legally terrible. Sign a waiver first. Remember to cover your bases. Mm. Kendra and I will catch you next week. Uh, remember to uh, stay safe. Happy <laughs> Halloween. And uh, happy whatever Halloween. you do, John, whatever you do, don't get yourself true crimed. Don't get yourself calm centered. <laughs> we, we stole that last week. I don't know. I know. I heard. You heard you were mad, <laughs> and our lawyer has heard about it. And Judge Henshaw is going to be calling me again soon, no doubt. I can't do that. You, my hands. <laughs> you, you tell your you tell your judge and your lover to leave me alone and let me let me steal your shit. Okay. All right, Ke- Kendra and I got to go do Halloween shit. So guns up, giddy up. Good night, America.